Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. The last year has been has been crazy and it's completely changed the workforce, especially as so many of us have transitioned to work from home and are now looking actually to transition back into the office. With so many changes in such a short time, it's natural that organizational culture would falter in many places. In this HR chat interview, I'm joined by Dr. Philip Mead, co-founder of Gala Edge and associate director, Spaceport Integration and Services at NASA Kennedy Space Center. After the 2003 Space Shuttle Columbia explosion, Dr. Mead was tasked with revitalizing the culture at NASA. Listen as Dr. Mead talks through why an effective culture is so vital to accomplishing overall business goals and provide tips for business leaders looking to explore culture as a concept. Dr. Mead, Philip, as he says I can call him, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, I've uh had a really interesting career. It's it's one that, that not many people uh, have, would probably choose to emulate. Um, I started out as a uh, an electrical engineer working on the, the payloads of the space shuttles, um, making sure that they worked well before they got up into orbit because, you know, a, a service called a space is a little bit expensive. And uh, I spent most of my early career doing that. And uh, then I went off to get my PhD, and, and when I came back from that, um, it just so happened that it was uh, very closely following the uh, the Columbia accident. And so as a result of that, uh, I ended up uh, working um, with the center's leadership uh, on the staff of the center director to uh, to help identify the, the cultural issues and uh, resolve those for a return to flight because... Uh, as you may or may not know, um, the uh, um, Columbia Accident Investigation Board found that the uh, culture at NASA had as much to do with the accident as the, uh, the actual technical causes itself. So we weren't allowed to return to flight until we were able to solve those. And so um, that actually embarked, uh, caused me to embark on a, a brief um, journey through uh, the world of HR. And so uh, I went to HR, started organization development um, at Kennedy Space Center, um, led workforce, uh, strategic workforce planning there, um, and then uh, and then ultimately moved on to uh, uh, other things. Uh, but, uh, you know, my desire and to, uh, to help companies fix their uh, culture and, and make them even better than what they are, um, that, that, that remained. And so uh, I carried that over into the, the work that I do through Gallagher Edge, where we help companies to uh, to get their edge by creating great culture. This podcast is supported by Fidelo Inc., a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance. Through their products and services, Fidelo helps clients design, develop, and implement strategic integrated human resource processes and systems. Learn more at fidelo.com. That's F-I-D. E-L-L-O dot com. Okay, thank you very much. Now then, um, I bet a lot of my listeners probably have guessed by now that I'm a bit of a nerd, but specifically, uh, I'm a massive 
space nerd. I, I, I love anything to do with space and exploration and the latest telescope or the latest robots on, on Mars. And um, I'm, I'm far too young to have seen uh, uh, the first man on the, on the moon. Um, however, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll see folk back on the moon and, and, and on Mars uh, in the not too distant future. And, and I... Yes, me too. Me too. And, and I, I remember being heartbroken on February 1st, 2003, uh, when, when the when the Columbia disaster happened. Philip, can you can you take a couple of minutes now and um, and walk through our listeners? I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll be aware, but perhaps you can talk through what, what happened that day and what it meant for, for NASA. Certainly. Um, so the first thing I wanna I'll make clear is, is there have been two shuttle accidents and um, people who aren't either uh, giant space nerds or who don't work out at, uh, out at NASA um, often get them confused. Uh, the first one was the Challenger accident. It occurred in uh, 1986, and, and that's not the one that we're talking about. That was the one that uh, where the accident occurred during the launch. Um, this one, on the other hand, occurred in 2003, and the cause of the accident actually occurred about 81 seconds after launch. A uh, piece of foam fell off of the external tank, which is that giant orange um, tube that's attached to the bottom, the belly of the uh, of the orbiter, and uh, um, it hit the leading edge of the wing, and and actually because the space shuttle is flying so fast, um, just a piece of foam hitting it was strong enough to actually puncture it and go go through. Um, and this accident um, was was unlike most space related accidents because typically. Um, in the world of spaceflight, when something goes bad, it goes bad really, really fast, and, and it goes really, really bad. Um, but in this case, the orbiter was able to make it to uh, space and actually complete its mission. So it wasn't until reentry, um, when it was coming back to Earth, that the accident um, actually occurred. And that's because as the orbiter is coming back through the air, uh, the friction of the air over the surfaces of the of the space shuttle uh, because of its speed actually rubs and, and it makes it really, really hot and it heats the air up to uh, like 28,000 degrees Fahrenheit and creates a, a plasma. And that plasma, superheated plasma, was able to flow in through that hole in the leading edge of the wing and melt the inside of the space shuttle and cause it to disintegrate. Um, and when it did that, it, it ultimately killed all seven uh, crew members as it uh, fell apart over Texas and Louisiana. And and it it, it meant at the time a, a, a huge rethink at NASA. And it, it, from from what I understand, from what I remember, it, it delayed a lot of things and maybe maybe put back some some projects by by several years. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, there was a of course an an investigation to figure out how did this happen. Um, and the, the Accident Investigation Board said that um, NASA's culture and organization had as much to do with the accident as the foam that hit the leading edge of the wing. And as a result of that, um, we, we grounded, we were grounded, um, the entire shuttle fleet. We weren't allowed to return to flight until we had fixed the organizational and cultural act, um, issues that had led to that. Uh, and so, as a result of that, um, that's that's when I was asked to uh, to lead those those changes for the Kennedy Space Center so that we could get the the shuttle fleet back to flight. 
and uh, and so we uh, we were um, we were grounded for um, almost two years before we were able to uh, to get the the shuttles back flying again. Um, as we demonstrated that we we really did understand uh, what had gone on from an organizational standpoint, and um, were able to fix it. And so there were a lot of things that were happening during that time period. We were we were under a lot of pressure to complete the International Space Station, uh, what was called Core Complete. And so it was actually that schedule pressure, um, which was one of the contributors to the accident itself. And so, uh, so the delay of two years um, just further pushed out uh, the timeline it took for us to to complete that um, that space station. Okay, but you succeeded uh, thanks to your awesome leadership. What 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 key takeaways can can business leaders learn for, from this experience? For me, one of the biggest takeaways from this experience is the fact that this can happen to organizations even when it seems like there's a, a good culture. Um, one of the things that, uh, that I learned as a result of this was, was really what, what organizational culture means and, and the way that it shows up. Um, when I was asked to lead the, the culture change, one of the m most daunting um, things to me, other than the, the sheer magnitude of the, the task, was the fact that NASA was, by all accounts, a really great place to work. In fact, just a few months prior to the accident, it was uh, rated as the best place in the federal government to work. And so um, it would have been much more comforting to me had there been a whole lot of obvious problems that I could point to and say, yeah, this is a toxic culture. There's this problem, this problem, this problem. But we had uh, some of the smartest people in the world who were highly dedicated to doing their jobs, um, loved what they did, dedicated to the mission. Um, and so it was, uh, it was really a very positive work environment. And, and so the question I had to answer was, how does a, a work environment like this where one of the biggest problems we have is trying to force people to take their vacation time. How does that create an accident? And what I discovered was that the organizational culture, uh, um, it's actually what's called an emergent property. And when we talk about emergence, the, the best example I can think of for that is the taste of sugar. So Bill, if I were to give you carbon and hydrogen and oxygen independently and say, hey, lick each one of these, and then tell me what you think sugar is going to taste like. Um, you wouldn't be able to do that just by tasting the individual elements. Um, the taste of sugar emerges based on how those elements are uh, put together in relationship to each other. So it's as much about the relationships that exist between the components as it is about the components themselves. And so the fact that we had smart employees or dedicated employees um, that uh, that in and of itself wasn't the key to what we needed for a great culture. Um, we needed a, a culture that um, was able to work within the environmental pressures that we had, the schedule pressures, political pressures, um, and also to uh, to help um, overcome some of the natural uh, challenges that each one of us faces, human beings, um, when we're put in situations where we don't want to admit failure and we don't want to uh, speak up for fear of how it may make us look if we're the, the one who is saying, hey, I, I think something's wrong here when everybody else is trying to push so hard to meet a particular schedule deadline. And so that was a huge takeaway for me, both how culture worked and the fact that this really could happen in, in any organization um, if, if we're not 
clear about what uh, what an effective culture looks like for our organization and, and how it supports our strategy. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, now then, at this point, I, I, I should just uh, mention, listeners, that uh, Dr. Mead Philip is 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 here today in uh, in a capacity representing uh, Gallagher Edge. Um, although he, you know he, he can he can also certainly chat about his experiences at, at NASA, but uh, we need to be terribly careful because um, I'm sure there are lots of top top secret things that otherwise uh, the HR chat show could get in trouble with if, if we misrepresent here. Um, on that note, let, let, let's talk a bit about the work that you do at, at Gallagher Edge. How, how, has, how has your experiences at NASA and what we've spoken about so far, how has that influenced the work that you do over at Gallagher? It's had a tremendous influence on, on the work that we do. Um, first and foremost, you know, our model is, is built off of the, the learnings that we, we had through changing the culture at the Kennedy Space Center and the things that we learned about how, um, how an effective culture emerges through the interactions of, uh, of the people in your organization. Um, it's also, you know, our, my business partner, uh, Laura uh, Gallagher, she is uh, an organizational psychologist. And, and one of the things that, uh, that was a huge takeaway as a result of the, the work that we did was, was realizing that at the end of the day, culture really lives between the ears of your employees because it's based on the beliefs that they have, which drive their behaviors. And so when we talk about organizational culture and how it emerges, it emerges from the interactions of the common behaviors and beliefs of, of the people that, that work in your organization. And so the only way to really address that is from the inside out, uh, recognizing that as human beings, um, we, we show up the way that we do because of the psychology and the psychological influences that, that are, are on us. And so if we want to truly transform a culture, if we want to truly build a culture, we have to start at the individual level with the self and help people to uh, develop um, characteristics of, of maturity where, where they have the self-awareness, self-acceptance, and self-accountability to behave in ways that create um, truly healthy cultures. We are already coming towards the end of this HR chat interview, Philip. Uh, two more questions for you. And by the way, listeners, if you hear any uh, exciting city sounds in the background, that's because I'm in downtown Vancouver right now. So apologies. Um, Philip, what are the signs of ineffective cultures? Well, one of the first things we often hear from from um, our clients is that things are, are just harder than, than they, they ought to be. Um, many times um, an ineffective culture will result in decreasing the effectiveness of, of the organization and, and how well it, it is able to execute the mission. Um, you know, what, what we, uh, one of the famous quotes you're probably familiar with is that uh, um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And, and the reason that uh, the Drucker said that he doesn't mean that, that strategy is not important, so you don't really need one. Um, the point there is that strategy gets eaten up by culture because if culture defines the way that things are naturally done, if the way that your organization and the people in your organization want to behave um, is not in alignment with and supporting for your, your strategy, then it takes a tremendous amount of 
energy and resources and time to try and push the behaviors to be in alignment with the strategy that you're trying to execute. So what we hear is that, you know, it's it feels like it's taking a ton of energy to get things done or, you know, our, our strategic initiatives are moving so slowly it feels like they're 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 never gonna get done. Um we also see um people begin to uh talk about how they, they spend more time than they want trying to uh trying to manage the people side of things. Um and that uh conversations that they want to have they don't feel comfortable really having and so those are all warning signs that there's something going on with your culture that uh, you're not being as effective as you could be um, and so the friction that builds up interpersonally and between teams and, and the ability to collaborate it, it starts to decrease and has a, a cumulative effect on your, your overall performance as an organization. Philip one last question for you for today and it, it's a doozy i hope you do well um it's how can how can our listeners connect with you personally so through linkedin email whatever you'd like to share there and and uh, also how can they learn more about all the awesome work that you get up to over at Gala? yeah so we are in the process of publishing a book it's called the missing links um launching an effective um, organizational culture and we are uh, uh, going to be coming out with that in, in September so so you can keep your eyes out for that. Um, also you can visit us at our website um, www.gallaher there's only one G in Gallaher G-A-L-L-A-H-E-R edge.com um, and uh, we'd love to uh, love to hear from you we'd love to, to help you out we've got a, a lot of free resources uh, available. Um, we have a uh, an online uh, video platform um, where we have a lot of, uh, it's called Insider Edge. It offers a lot of content on organizational culture and organizational effectiveness. Um, so you can come and sign up for that. And uh, um, we'd love to have you be a, a part of our, uh, a part of our, our larger group. Wonderful. And there'll be links to the, the Gallagher website in the show notes, I'm sure. Um, well, that just leads me to say for today, Philip, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. It's been a pleasure. I've had a great time. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working and please do continue to stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.